From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling uh, in our annual uh, segment coming the week of September 9th, 2019. Annual weekly spot. We welcome in Danny Flecka. Hello, sir. How's it going? A lot has happened with Antonio Brown since we last talked. Um, He released the video. He quit on the Raiders. He signed with the Patriots. He's been accused of sexual assault and rape by his former trainer in Florida. There's a lot to unpack here, a lot of unknowns, a lot of investigations. I don't know where you want to go with this. This is obviously a sensitive subject on multiple fronts, but take this however direction you want to go in. Yeah, it's just been a spectacle with him from the beginning. Uh, you know, it's, we mentioned last week that he's been having issues, whether it's been, you know, figuring out what it is he wants to do, if, you know, social media and his use of social media, and how he basically orchestrated his release from Oakland with social media, and now social media coming back to kind of bite him in the butt. Um, so it's been an interesting ride for him to say the least. So. I think if you're the Patriots, given everything that's come down, you, you got to take a stance one way or the other and either get rid of him or support him. And right now it doesn't look like they're doing either. Uh, they're going to, I think, let, let it play its course a bit. But I think at the end of the day, depending on what comes out in regards to his situation, that he might not be a Patriot for much longer. What's interesting about this, and I, I honestly forget who it was who tweeted this, so my apologies, but, uh, oh, it was uh, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. If this, if this lawsuit had been filed two days earlier, three days earlier, did the Patriots sign him? And that brings up a question of, did the Raiders know anything? Not that I've seen that reported anywhere, but that makes you wonder, did, did the Patriots more than we know? Drew Rosenhaus goes on ESPN today and says the accusations are false. I have two daughters. I wouldn't support a guy who would do this. Um, I, he didn't lie to me. And, and this is obviously a, a hot-button issue that's not for this podcast, but there's this, in this Me Too era, do we assume that everybody who's accused of this stuff is guilty, or do we let the legal process play out and figure out who is guilty and a pedophile and a sex offender and horrible and who is wrongly accused? Antonio Brown believes, it says he's going to counter sue and thinks he's being extorted. Um, there's a lot of layers here, and I just don't see... The Patriots hate distractions, but they bring it on themselves, whether it's Spygate or Deflategate, and I think this could be another distraction situation if they let Brown play. Yeah, it's just an interesting turn of events. You know, we thought, and I thought, that, you know, his release from Oakland and his signing with New England was a little just too coordinated. And this also seems a little coordinated. And whether the Pats knew about it or not, I have to believe, based off the comments that have come down, that, the, you know, Brown and his camp were expecting this. If somebody had to know about this, whether it was in Oakland, whether it was in New England, I think somebody knew about it. And how far it went after that is anybody's guess. But I, I can't imagine a team like the Patriots, who have dealt with these types of distractions, like you mentioned, taking this lightly and just ignoring the fact that there could be some sort of baggage that comes along with a player like him. So 
it's just going to be interesting to see where things line up, who says what, you know, and, and what happens from here, because something's got, going to have to happen, and one way or the other, I, I still do think, you know, that Antonio Brown may never see the field of hatred based off of these allegations. And what you said to me then last week rings true. Does he ever play another down in the NFL? Even if he's proven false, even if these accusations are false, even if the person, even if the woman, um, it, you know, even if his camp is right and this is extortion and she made it up looking for money, um, does he ever play another down in the NFL? Does anybody want to deal with this? I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. And I think that a lot's going to have to unfold before we know. But I just think that since last year, we have seen a lot of things come out about him. He's dominated the news cycle. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers have released stories about him and his improvisation on the field and why Ben Roethlisberger was pumping all the time instead of, like, hitting Antonio Brown on the route. I, I just think that the more this guy doesn't step on the field, the more issues that will come up and the less likely he'll be able to, to overcome those issues. So. I, I wouldn't be surprised one way or the other what happens with him, but I'm going to lean towards him not playing this year. Um, this is a a not a good transition, so I fully admit that for all the listeners out there. And why do the lawnmowers have to show up now? What perfect timing for the lawnmowers. Um, anyway, Christian Yelich, I feel awful for him. What a good kid. What a great hitter. What a great baseball player. And to have that pitch hit you right where it hit you and to lose your season and be out for a playoff run that the the Brewers have a chance to make, it's just a devastating injury for baseball and for the Brewers. He really is one of the good guys in baseball. Yeah, it stinks for him both from a personal aspect and from a team aspect. The Brewers lose their best player and he loses out potentially on the uh, back-to-back MVP uh, chase there, so it is sad to see. You know, with baseball, you always get these fluky type of injuries, whether it's you know getting hit by a pitch, falling a ball off your leg or your knee. Um, it's just you know an unfortunate situation, and there's not much he can do about it. You know, if he swung the bat, the ball went where it went, and unfortunately hit a spot that caused the injury. So, hope, you know, wishing him a speedy recovery, and hopefully he's able to get back to the form that he was in this year, next year. I am with you wholeheartedly on that, and um, it, it's just, it, it's it's hard to see that. Um, it's hard to see somebody get hurt like that, um, and, and you know, such a bright star and a great player have their uh, season end so abruptly like that. Um, speaking of seasons uh, that have not ended, um, it's interesting when you look at the baseball landscape, what the heck happened in Boston? They win the 2018 World Series. They're riding high. They have a history of lackluster follow-up years. They fire, even before the season is over, their GM, Dave, Dave, Dave Dronkowski. I can't pronounce his last name. You guys know what I'm saying. Um... And then, and and this was total coincidence, but Big Poppy makes this amazing return to Fenway Park, running out of the dugout, addressing the crowd, looking great, sounding great, throwing the first pitch the day the story comes out. Everybody thinks it's distraction. There was no connection, it turns out. 
but still it's what a weird series of events for Boston and then that night the Yankees eliminate them from possibly winning the AL East yeah Boston does seem to want to do this to themselves every other year going from you know winning the World Series to crappy season I think it was just a thing where they brought in Dombrowski for a specific reason. They wanted to. They knew what their window was. They wanted to take advantage of that window. They took advantage of that window, and now that window is closed. There's other goals that this team has right now. Mainly, you know, dealing with the re-signing of Mookie Betts, possible trade of Mookie Betts, re-upping J.D. Martinez, and I think that they want somebody that's going to be able to handle that in a different way than maybe Dombrowski was. And I think whether Dombrowski had a good season or not this year, I think that this might have been his last year anyway. I just think that the other things that the Red Sox have coming up trump uh, any potential successes or past successes that he had. He did what he came in to do, and you know now they have to start all over again. But it's not like the cup is spare there. But, you know, they... They need to invest in some starting pitching. They need to figure out what the deal is with Chris Sale and David Price and whether Mookie Betts wants to be a, a long-term Red Sox or, you know, if they're trading him, getting the most for their return. Um, it's, it, it is a wild time um, up there in, in, in Boston, and um, there's a lot that they have to handle. Most talented outfield in baseball um, – that comes with a cost when you gotta sign these guys and 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 make the contracts work. Um, what's interesting to me, as you take a step back for a second and look at where the NFL is after Week One, um, there's many overreactions. There's many underreactions. The Browns, for example, how good the Cowboys looked against your Giants and the poorest defense. How horrible Sam Darnold was. How good Le'Veon Bell was. How Tom Brady and the Patriots just roll on, um, like you, you know, um, you know, like like nothing's different. Um, what out of NFL Week One stands out? I think you know what what stands out is just some performances by players we were expected to take the next leap, and that goes with you know Sam Darnold and Mitchell Trubisky. You expected these players to come in, uh, take that next step, at least show that they're taking that next step, and neither of them delivered on that. So I think that's what's really stood out as far as like overall team performances and overreactions. You know, you can't really do that after week one because. There's just not enough of a sample size for you there, especially this year, for you to say, okay, well, uh, Lamar Jackson's an MVP, and, you know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs won't ever get stopped, etc. So I'll wait until I make those reactions. But I, I think it's concerning when you have players like Sam Darnold and Mitchell Trubisky, which is top five picks, that seem to not have gotten it yet or are struggling with their footwork or their mechanics when, you know, they have coaches that were specifically brought in to enhance those aspects of their game. So I think seeing the progress that's made this year by both those players is what I'll be looking at because those are the players that have something tied to them. You know, is Trubisky going to hold back the Bears window of potentially competing for a Super Bowl? And will Sam Darnold ever get to that point where he's justifiable as, you know, the pick 
for the Jets and the Giants passing on him. So we'll, we'll see what happens the rest of this year. It's only one game. Both went up against, I think, tougher defenses than we expected in week one. Um, defenses are always ahead of the offense at this point in the season. So we'll see how it wraps the shape. But they have to turn it around quickly if either of these teams want to reach that potential that they have. And, you know, those windows can close very, very quickly. Um, it's interesting um, that you that you brought up the Bears. Um because for me, this is like a growth year for Mitchell Trubisky, and this is a growth year for a lot of players, yet we don't talk about growth when it comes to kickers, and the Jets can't find a kicker, and there seems to be a shortage of effective kickers around the NFL. We, I, I'm going to keep asking you this story. Why are we having trouble finding kickers? You, you know, you always say in the fantasy segment they're a dime a dozen, but they're all inept. This is now 11 kickers for the Jets. It's an epidemic, and I don't get it. And I think you don't have to say it's an epidemic. I think that there are very serviceable kickers out there. Um, it's how much are you willing to, to pay for them? The Jets didn't want to pay Jason Myers. They let him go. You know, the Ravens paid for Justin Tucker. The Colts have paid for Adam and Terry. The Pats have paid for Gustavski. You know, the, the money's out there for these players to get paid and perform. It's up to the team whether or not they want to do that. And the Jets chose not to do that. And they're left in a situation now where, like you mentioned, they're bringing in player after player just to fill that role and, and cost themselves a game last week. So as an organization, to sit back and be like, are we willing to invest in this type of player? Do we think this is going to end up costing us? And if not, then you know you end up on the, on the right side of things. But the Jets, unfortunately, the situation did not. Yeah, and now they got to hope that Sam Ficken uh, is the answer. Anything from college football week two that you want to point out here before we go? Not really. It was a pretty straightforward week. Nothing major, no big upsets. I thought the LSU-Texas game was a great game to watch. LSU looks like they have figured some stuff out offensively, and again, they need to be able to do that if they want to compete in the SEC West, they still have a gauntlet of a schedule left, but they seem to be in prime position to potentially, you know, challenge Alabama this year. Absolutely, um, definitely something that that uh, will be of interest. Um, I think going forward is how does that game play out down there, and can somebody give Bama a test, and and will that team be LSU? Uh, this is a guy who came from the Saints. They're running Drew Brees' offense. I mean that's crazy. This is this is a lot like Bill O'Brien going to Penn State and you know and, and, you know trying to bring over what he did with Tom Brady. This is very similar as as uh, Kirk Herbstreit pointed out. And now this guy's going crazy, Joe Burrows. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a good thing for them. They've had success recruiting at every level of that uh, you know on the field except for quarterback. They got a guy, I think he transferred to Ohio State uh, last year, and he was, you know, subpar last year just because I think LSU was just unimaginative on offense, and this year they seem to have figured it out. So, you know, it's good for college football if LSU is, is there and challenging Alabama and giving us those games that we expect from, from those two. Um, it'll be very interesting to see um, what happens as time goes on. Um, as, as the season goes on, and I'm going to make an early prediction about something for you. 
I'm not sure Patrick Mahomes will start all 16 games for the Chiefs. I'm very curious to see if this is a nagging leg injury and what happens with Patrick Mahomes. He's so vulnerable. He's such a small, skinny guy that I'm not sure he can stay upright for all 16 games. Yeah, we'll see. They did last year. Um, I think Andy Reid's one of the better coaches in the league of, of game planning and, and putting his players in, in favorable situations. So uh, I'm not worried unless something major happens. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, NFL's funny, so you never know what's going to happen. But you're going to not have Tyreek Hill now for, for six weeks, and does that put more pressure on Mahomes to run? And does that make him more vulnerable? That's my rationale for why I think his injury potential just went up. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I'm not worrying too much. They still steamrolled the Jags last week without Tyree Hill. So they have suitable replacements. I think that offense is built to fit those needs. The guys they drafted, Hardman, it has 4-3 speed and can probably do a lot of the same things that Tyree Hill does. Doesn't have the experience, but, you know, this is a great opportunity for him to gain it. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's going to be very interesting to see these quarterbacks as they progress second, third year, more defensive coordinators get a look at them and how they react. Uh, Danny Flecka, thank you, as always, for coming on Teeing It Up. No problem, man. Have a good night. Thank you, and thanks, everybody, for listening.